Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Okay, welcome back to the Business Unfiltered podcast. I'm Jeff Sauer, your host, and as always, I'm joined by Chris Mercer. Mercer, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and today we're going to have a fun conversation. This is an interesting one for me because I just created an SOP or a standard operating procedure on how to do this just like yesterday. And so I have some thoughts on this for sure. But the idea here is we're going to talk about how do you create a proposal for services, which I think is really interesting because it can mean many things to many people. I think it's one of the most misused words in the history of service businesses, everybody has a different idea as to what a proposal is. And so I think this is going to spark a pretty good conversation. You're going to see two different ways of going about it. And so the first thing I want to start with, since it is misunderstood so often, is I want to define what is a proposal to you, Mercer. So what is a proposal to you? So that's a, that's a good question, because I, I think for me, I'm, I'm probably more on the general side of this. Uh, I'm going to guess. I always like to sort of like put it back. How is Jeff going to answer this versus me? Um, I think I'm going to be on more general side. For me, the proposal is essentially just a recap of the value communicated on the call. It's kind of something that we can do that will reinforce a sale that should have actually happened already, but that proposal is there to sort of just reinforce the deal and then, you know, close it or, you know, clarify certain things or something along those lines. That's how I would think about it. Kind of a general recap of what's already been delivered in terms of the value. All right. Well, you and I are more on the same page than you might think. So I think what? again, the- I lose the bet. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I think a lot of the confusion around proposals comes around defining what it is. People often confuse proposals with contracts. They often propose propose or they often confuse. I'm confusing it here. Confuse pros- <laughs> proposals with the pitch and the overall con- consultation, the, the sales pitch, the, the what they're talking about. And so it's sort of this thing that that it bleeds in between the sales pitch, the proposal, and the contract. I think they're, they are three distinct things, but then there's even more perpetuation of that. There's, there's software out there called like betterproposals.io. And actually, that's that's a contract. <laughs> they're, they're trying to do all in one. They don't, they're, like, they're so lazy that they, that they do a pitch in the doc, the proposal in the doc and the contract in there in shitty non-legal language. And so I'm sort of pissed about the whole idea of what a proposal is. And they're just perpetuating the crap out of it. People think that they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. They're actually like really hurting their business and doing that. And so, (laughs) so my definition is the word proposal is very distinct. Mercer nailed it, but people have no freaking clue as to what a proposal is. And so that's what we're going to talk about here. We're going to build us back up and we're going to figure out how to build this into your process and how to not screw yourself over by lacking the steps before and afterwards. So let's do that here, Mercer. Uh, Let's do that. I love how passionate you are about proposals. I'm like, preach, brother. That's so cool. I love it. When you're married to to an attorney, um, they... (laughs) They tell you like I'm I'm speak I'm representing her <laughs> I'm representing Mew I'm representing me I'm representing all of us on this one um, and I got so much to talk about here but I want to hand it over to you now that we've defined it and what it's not really um, and where where it sits what are some of your strategies around this then I think you actually pretty summarized it but what are some strategies you do around proposals as far as yeah. using them and and putting them forward. 
It's a great question because we get asked by our students too for the same thing. And they're like, oh, what is everyone using for proposals? And it always goes to those, the tools, right? And I'm a big believer in that strategy should dictate your tools, not the other way around. And I think a lot of companies fall for that no matter what tools they're using. They just kind of jump into the tool and then it's going to magically solve their problems. And I think that does cause these mistakes like you were talking about, you know, using the proposals to sell. Um as opposed to just to recap the value that should have already been sold, right? That's the whole idea is uh, to do that. They can't close the deal. They can just reinforce the deal that should have already closed or will be closing soon. So for me personally, from a strategy perspective, um, I'm, you know, and, and we'll, we'll dive into tactics a little bit later, but I think from a strategy perspective, that's how I think about it. So I will do a general recap of what we have covered. I'm not going to introduce new things because if you introduce something new, it's going to be, you know, potentially going to bring it up an objection or something along those lines. I am literally just recapping what was already covered. Um, and again, we'll get into the tactics in just a little bit, but I keep them really simple because I don't want to bring up an extra objection, because I don't want to put in bells and whistles or anything else. I just want to keep it simple because I think the more complicated the proposal, just from a strategy perspective, the more complicated you do, the more bells and whistles that you have, the more things they have to process, that their brain has to process and reprocess. And that can, that can ultimately just sort of spin out what would have been just a decent sale if you had not used a proposal at all. And, you know, we can talk about that because there have been times where I haven't even done that. I just closed them on the call. I'm like proposals just only if they happen to need it, but at least from a strategy perspective, only if they need it, not necessarily because that's our process. Every, everybody gets a proposal. Yeah, I love it. So my strategy is, is pretty similar too. And, and, and it's actually not even so much, I don't know if it's a strategy or if it's just a set of guiding principles. So one of the things that, you know, I've, I've been in the agency business for so long, like almost 20 years. And one of the things that our attorney at my, my agency three deep, what he always said was your proposal is using sales language, not using contract language. Right. So, so we would, we would say, we're going to optimize this thing. And we would, we would try to like keep marketing even after we pretty much had the deal one. So, so putting that language in there actually makes it way harder to verify if you did it or not. Right. So the simpler it is, the more saying, Hey, we just had a conversation. I told you that I was going to do monthly SEO check-ins for you. The proposal should define what a monthly SEO check-in is. What are the line items? What are the tasks you're going to do? So you can verify that you did it or not, right? So you can verify what was in that conversation. So it is that middle thing where you're basically just confirming what you heard from the client that they want, confirming what you're going to do and putting it in a way that you can put assign value to it, right? And so you're right. A lot of that stuff for me has happened verbally, or at least I get a verbal commitment on the phone before I put it into writing, because it's a lot easier to change this thing. If you say, hey, I just ran the numbers on doing this thing, and it's going to be $7,000 a month. And they're like, oh, I only have about $3,000 a month. Well, then you can start to say, okay, well, I can meet you at four, but I'm going to take this stuff off the table. That's how you can start working on it. So to a lot of this stuff, I mean, it's 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 not even a negotiation. It's a negotiation, not a, not a negotiation in your rate. Your rates should pretty much stay the same, and and you should price for profit. It's really a negotiation of what do they want for the budget they have, and what can they live with, right? So that's that's what this whole proposal thing is for me. It sort of sits in the middle of a formal contract and a sales pitch that you do. It can be delivered verbally. It can be delivered in writing if you want to, but it is. It's, it's, you, you said it so well, and I don't want to, you know, the strategy is by the point that you give somebody numbers, you're one of one, one of two, or one of three that's competing for this business. So don't screw it up, but don't do anything to give, introduce doubt. Just show them, show them what it costs to do what you already sold them on doing and accelerate that sale to the point where you have a formal contract. Now I'll just say one last thing in the contract. The whole point of that is 
what do we do when this doesn't work? The whole point of a contract is how do we handle when things don't work as planned? It's more of a risk assessment than anything. And so you don't want to add that to your proposal necessarily, that language, you want to put it into the contract. And so a proposal, like this is the problem I have with all in one platforms. And maybe I'm getting off the strategy here, but it's basically they're, they're adding a pitch, a proposal and a contract all in one place, yet they're doing it like they're, they're assuming that that's not a s discrete set of steps. My last, my, my final thing on strategy is a proposal is a discrete set of steps and you should follow that. And my strategy would be to do that the same way every single time. So I, I know I'm getting a little bit off track with strategy and ranting. I do feel very passionate about this one, but let's move over to some tactics then about how do we get these proposals going? Like what are, what are some of the things you do when you're building this part out? It's a, it's a great question. And it, and it's, it kind of piggybacks off what you were talking about the strategy where I, I think for us, and again, I still kind of feel like sometimes I'm a little too general on some of this, um, but it works for me. So I'm, I'm not changing it. Right. I'm getting good response from it, but what we'll do is we don't use the fancy tools, right? Somebody will say, Hey, can you just, let's say we have a call and we're, uh, and I love, by the way, you were talking about phone calls. I was like, how quaint Jeff uses a phone to actually talk to people. I love this. Uh, but Going back to, you know, proposal and you're on the, you know, the call and you sort of wrap it up. You're like, hey, can you just sort of recap, send me a summer proposal? I will actually say that. Cool. No problem. I'll send you a quick recap. And that's, yeah. I reframe it for them. So they're not thinking about proposal and some fancy tool that they got some, some other vendor that was doing something for them, right? That I don't have to compete against that. And I'll say, yeah, I'll just send you a quick recap and I'll send you an email. Like, that's how I'll do it. Um, and I'll be like, yeah, no problem. Cause that's at the end of the day, they're not asking for the fancy tool, which I think people sometimes get to, they just want a recap of something in writing so they can reference it later or have a conversation separately and not have to either go through a call recording if they happen to have that or read a transcript or, or, you know, or worse that you don't have any of that and they have nowhere where to take notes and they heard one thing, but then their brain changed it three hours later to something else. So it was like, it's just a clarification. Um, and that's how we do it. And then to your point about the strategy, you know, because it is, you know, a certain product that we might sell, right? So like one of our brands, MedMarketing.io, will sell a dedicated measurement management service. Well, that service works the same way. It's, it's just a product. And we describe and recap what that product does and how it works. And there's not a whole lot of customization for it. So I have a Gmail uh, that I've got a little trans or a, uh, a little saved template. And I'm just going to paste that Gmail. So I'm like, hey, great chatting with you earlier. As we mentioned, you know, here's the recap. You know, as promised, here's the recap. And like, that's all in the template. It's already there. Right. Because I already knew I was going to do it eight years ago and I made this template. So then I would just make the template, paste it in. I might adjust a few things here or there if there was a specific tech question or something like that. And I'll, I'll sort of, you know, as noted, yes, we, you know, can help you with the Shopify or whatever the thing is. Right. Um, but that's it. It's, it's 80, 90% done. Um, the price is already in there. Like all the stuff is in there because that's all sort of standard stuff that we do anyway. Um, and it's, and it gets sent out to them. I've gotten great response to like, great. Maybe there's a question or two. But that's typically it. And it works really well for us. So again, I keep it simple and just use email. Yeah. How about, how about with you and, and tactics that you've done? Like, obviously, you're not a fan of tools. But from a communication standpoint, is it is it email? Is it PDFs? Are you doing Google Docs? or? Yeah. No, it's, let, let, me, let me address the tool part. Because it's not that I'm not a fan of tools. I don't like... 
when somebody uses a calculator without knowing how to do math in the first place, because, because basically you're turning it upside down and it says boobs, right? Like that's pretty right. much like, I don't like people misusing calculators and misusing tools. And that's, that's something that I'm just not into as much. And so that, that's, that's my thing is I don't like it when people misuse these things and they, and they skip steps. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm an advocate of not skipping steps. Now I I'm very similar in, I don't, I, I just send an email with a link to the it like depends on how I do it. So if I'm if I'm doing a sales call and I reveal the price on the call, which can work, um, and somebody gets verbal, I get a verbal commitment from them. I just send them a link and I say, hey, here's how you check out. And then it's more of a follow up game. It's just like follow up, follow up, follow up until they until they do it. You know, you start it with a, you know, you 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 choose the frequency, but frequency is good here. Um, and that's typically yeah. through like through email, just clarifying follow up. In this case, you'd be doing yeah, exactly. emails yeah, back and yeah. forth. Yeah, I mean, or you can call them if you, depending on, you know, <laughs> like um, you can call them too, or you can try to schedule a Zoom meeting. You can try to get on right. their calendar. There's things you can do, but I, I think written one's the easiest to ignore. So depending on how much you want the business, you can, you'll get, if you call them at their office, if this is a thing where they have an office these days, then, then you can do that. Um, but then the other thing is, the other tactic, the other thing that I wanted to say is in addition to, building that, I actually built out a whole quote builder, which gives you a line item by line item, uh, estimate by, by time and how much it costs. So, so we, we, you can even give them granular breakouts of like, Hey, this SEO proposal is going to be $2,000 a month, but that's going to be, you know, client kickoff meeting. It's going to be, uh, checking your account every single, you know, checking your analytics every single week, it's going to be, you know, so you back, back, back out what it is and assign value to that. And then they see that when they see that part in the proposal, one, that's, that's a repeating list of your tasks. That's completely indefensible that you did or, or it's, it's very defensible. If you did it or not, nobody's going to question whether you did the work or not. Cause you're saying, I'm going to do this, this, and that. So people are like, oh yeah, obviously they did this because they listed out the things they're going to do. So that can make your contract so nobody can really argue you didn't do it. So you break out the line items and then it also works as a negotiation tactic. If they say, Hey, $2,000 a month is too expensive. You say, which one don't you want? Do you not want to have this? Or do you want not want to have that? It's your choice. Two thousand. Yeah, the takeaway take okay. is a powerful close. Yeah. I'll take That's away exactly some other right. stuff and you can do it for a thousand. They're like, Oh, well, actually I did want all that stuff. I guess I'm just gonna have to find $2,000 or work with somebody else who actually doesn't, who isn't going to tell you that they're lying. They're not going to tell you what they're going to do. Right. It, it, it just changes the conversation so much to being about, Oh, this person's putting time into this thing. They're breaking, they're doing all these things. Service providers are crap at actually saying what they do. There's a lot of intangible things, a lot of implied things, a lot of like, I'm always busy, I'm going above and beyond, but you never actually publicize that to anybody. But you, but you know, it's like a martyr complex. I don't really like that, right? So I'd rather have somebody assign value for everything and then that gets valued more. And so that's that's one of my tactics is line items and, and mapping that out. Now, if I'm doing that verbally, I don't really go through every single line, but right. in, in the in the in the point where I make it into a formal contract, I, I would put that out there. Or if I'm presenting live, I'd be like, hey, here's the things we're going to do for that money. So let me ask you, because I'm curious, because this is, this is definitely like I'm definitely more general in my in my recaps than you are. Um, and then we have statement of work. We have letter of engagements. We have sort of that next phase. And it sounds like your proposal is almost a statement of work too, right? You know, people might hear these like SOWs that vendors are using, things like that. So mm -hmm. is that like when you're doing your proposal, are you sort of including your statement of work 
kind of to use that terminology to as part of that proposal? Yeah. So maybe I wasn't, maybe I wasn't super clear, but I, I, if I'm, if I'm getting agreement, I don't break out the line items necessarily in, I, I break out the line items to build my proposal hundred percent. Like I need to assign time and expense and mar- margin to every single thing we do. But that's behind the scenes. You're doing that yeah, behind, that's the, behind scenes the scenes. In order to create, and, okay, yeah, gotcha. and, and yeah, I don't tell them my my markup or anything like that. I mean, it, well, but, yeah, but but also I assign. But are you putting value. these individual line items in the proposal? Yeah. So so that yeah. So I, I do the line items, and then I I give them the price, and if they say that's expensive, then I break down all the things and I say which one don't you want. So it's more of a it's a back and forth. It's not. I don't lead with that. I I definitely yep. try to keep it as general as I can. If if some if somebody. Like the the whole point of the sales call is to give them confidence that there's that instead of being a hundred providers who sound the same, there's one Jeff, there's one Mercer. Like that's the right. point, right? Then the, right. the pricing is like they are hooked on you. It's can they do they have they budgeted for it? Have they allocated money to it? And and if they haven't, how do they get that money for it? And so the proposal sort of just sits in between, reinforcing that and then telling them here's here's how this thing that I pitched you here's how it works in real life. So maybe that's hopefully that's more clear. I don't I don't give granular line items unless they start to negotiate or if they say that's too expensive. I love that, and it, it, we we I guess we don't do that, right? Um, we keep it more general, and sometimes it does it, it causes that exact symptom that you were talking about, which is like sometimes you feel martyr is probably the wrong word, but you do feel like man, if they only knew, right? Yeah. So I guess God, if it, it is kind of that little little inner martyr that's there for a lot of service vendors uh, because they right. don't understand the value. But if you didn't break out the value, if you didn't think it through, and I love the idea of the builder because it makes it easy. Hey, do you need this, this, or this? You know, add them together. There's your, there's your proposal. Um, and then having that process already thought through using the proposal as a to reinforce that value, not just by saying, "Hey, here's a recap of what we said what we were going to do," and blah blah blah. Which, in my case, we've always pitched price, like they know budget, and we've sort of got that commitment to even get to this stage anyway. Um, but if they do push back, you're already prepared with that. Okay, cool. Hey, no problem. Which part isn't going to fit for you? And I'll just take it out, and then we'll. And it's like, oh, you're in control, you know, Mister Mrs. Client. Like you're in control of whatever the price is. It's you know, you said you wanted all these things. Here's what it is, and if not, then that's fine too. Um, I'm curious. Are have you? Because I've obviously worked a lot of students as we do. How have you gone through somebody else's process or had them kind of show a proposal process where you're like, wow, we don't do that, but that's that's kind of cool. Like, is there anything that you're that you've seen? I saw one recently. It's kind of what's bringing in my head. Um, I'm happy to go down if you want to go down and wrap. I was curious, like if you've seen anything that you've that maybe isn't exactly what you do, but you kind of go like, yeah, I see. There's there's merit in that. Yeah. Um, so so one one thing is you mentioned the calculator and the line items. You're right. Um, it does two things. One is you're already prepared if they if they try to nickel and dime it. You can just say what don't you want, so you're prepared. The other one is you never can lose if you separate out items and you put time and value to it because you're you're pricing for profit and you you could feel comfortable with that proposal so you're pricing and you never like go over in hours because you've assigned value early people are terrible at estimating hours they're just just terrible at it especially in in emerging industries where projects are different and change so that that just gives you even more defense and that is one of the foundations of profit pillars, not to go too crazy into what profit pillars is, but that's that's one of the foundations is that you can't ever propose using my method that won't have profit built into it. So that's the, that's that's a major part of it. Um, but as far as how I arrived at this, that's a big that's a really good question, because, you know, when I first 
I've, I've been, I've been doing this since 2005 or four is the first time I ever put a proposal out there. Right. And I had no idea it was hourly. It was just sort of like throw, throw shit on the wall and see what sticks. And what I arrived at was, it was terrible. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. And then, um, at, I went to my agency and they had a little bit more clear clarity cause they worked at big software companies. They sort of knew how to pr- build a proposal, but they also didn't know how to build a marketing proposal. And so we used consultants. We brought people in and we checked it um, to see how they did it. We always, you know, a lot of clients, if they get three proposals, they'll send you the other one and they'll be like, hey, what do you think about this one? So I've seen other agencies' proposals. Um, and it, and I've, I've, got, I've just seen so many proposals that I sort of just adopted into my own method the, the 50 other people's proposals that are out there, right? And so... Um, and, and came up with my own method and my own way of looking at it, that, that is, it's like the right level of simplicity yet defensibility of what you're doing, right? You're, you're not overthinking it. You're basically saying that we do work. There's a value to it. There's an expense to it. (laughs) That's what we're going to charge you to do it. And so you build that thing out. And then, you know, I think that's might be why I'm so against or why I don't love the misuse of software because they're, they're, again, they're skipping steps. And they give a false sense of security that you have everything done. And, and I think those steps are really what makes the deal close. You were talking about how, you know, you send out the, the proposal or whatever, and sometimes people say, no, I try to make it that when I'm at the proposal stage, there's about a 75% chance they say yes or more. I don't even take the call <laughs> if I don't think it's, I vet them beforehand in order to think that that's going to be there. So proposal is really more of a formality once they've ch- narrowed it down to you or maybe you and one other person. And then, and then it's your turn. It's your time to not screw that up and to keep on, you know, take my money type stuff. So hopefully that answers your question. I don't, I don't, I have learned from many, many, many proposals and that's sort of wherever I've did it as I'm now, as I'm at now, I'm not sure if I've seen a lot of new things like the newest thing on the market since before I formed my opinion or since after I formed my opinion is the all in one proposals where it's like, you know, pictures of the founder and on like the first three pages, they're, they're tracking and reading it. You can, you can track who opened it and everything like that. Picture the founder about the company. And then it goes down to like pricing table. Then it goes down to sign here, sign your life away. I, that, that's, that's what I'm specifically talking about. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of uh, tagging on that a little bit when I was hearing the process that you go through, that process is what's building muscle, right? Yeah. So like um, the going through and, and line adding and everything and thinking through your not only can you justify value and everything else and have that that sort of support system if they say, well, this is too much. It's like, well, okay, you know, you, and have all that sort of tactical stuff. As you are doing that, you are justifying your own value to yourself. You're seeing your own value to yourself. You're believing more in your pricing, I think, too. And that just that confidence factor alone when you're talking to other people and you're asking some of these, you know, obviously with higher ticket um, sales in particular, it's it can be hard, especially in the beginning where you might not believe in yourself um, quite as much. And so having it all penciled out and thought through, I think, reinforces that, uh, which is awesome. There was one one that I saw, which is a, a slightly different style of how they use proposals, which, again, we don't do, but I think is 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 valid, like how they were doing it was they'll do a discovery call and that sort of 
um, is a shorter call. It's like a 15 minute call. And this, I believe this was something that you were even doing with paid traffic at the time. Like, so it's like, Hey, jump on. If you want to, um, you know, talk with somebody, we can do a quick little 15 minute discussion and help you out. And they kind of went through this quick little process, but it, which essentially built them like a, a database, right? So back in the day, we used to call this like database sales. So you would just sort of record, you know, answer, answer, get a bunch of answers from the, you know, client and you'd come back and say, Hey, cool. We can do this, this, and this. Here's some quick, easy wins. If you'd like, I can create a proposal. We can go through some details and I'll build out this plan for you on the next call and then we can go through it. And they set up another call. Then what they do is they walk through and they build this proposal. And again, highly templated. So it doesn't take them a lot of time, um, but they're you know putting the client logo in the space where the client logo goes and repla- you know, replacing out the, the statement with what the client statement is and, and that sort of customization. But again, 80, 90% of this is done. By the time they've got it, it's like a, I think it's like a seven page PDF. But what he's doing is he's sharing it on screen. They walk, obviously, on a Zoom call or something similar. They'll walk through it and be like, okay, here's what we're seeing. Here's the audit we're doing. Here's what happened here. And he's demonstrating the work that they do. They're demonstrating, okay, here's what it would look like if we did this. And here's what we look like if we did this. And essentially, that proposal is the pitch deck. Yeah. Right. And so he walks through it. And then what happens is because it's so templated, he can give it out to his sales teams and they are using that same process. It's sort of essentially loading their lips. So they're all selling in the same way. It's asking, it's literally going, okay, cool. Next steps are, and it just says next steps are, let's schedule your kickoff call. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just sort of, they see the close happening right in front of them as the person's essentially kind of reading it. Yeah. But it was a, it was an interesting way to sort of backbone so it was like, okay, like uh, if, if I, especially because they wanted to be able to scale it to a sales team, to have that sales team say the same words that you would have said or that I would have said sometimes is hard to, to teach. But that proposal they used for that and it helped that company scale quite a bit. And I thought that was kind of an interesting technique when it comes to using proposals as well. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I mean, I, I like the idea. It's, I basically would equate that to flattening the sales timeline, right? So they're trying to do it all in one call. It work. It can work. I think it leads people to hasty decisions that people regret. I think that that that's a tactic, and I think that I've I've been on the side of that call where somebody tries to go for the close, and I'm like, I don't have all the information I need yet. I think those are the uh, unfortunately, and I'm biased. I think those are the ones that lead to contracts that last for two or three months, and then they cancel because that person didn't have the time to let it breathe. They didn't yeah, really too much like, in the ether. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so yeah. I I know this gets taught all the time, and. I'm sure it's effective for close rates. It's great for closing, but it's not great for retention. Um, if somebody comes into this thing for the wrong reasons or they didn't come to their timeline, then they're basically, they regret that impulse decision and you'll probably be gone after a month or two. Um, I think that's that's a great way to get clients that last a month or two. <laughs> um, it's not a great way to get a long-term relationship in my opinion. But also I, I think I swim in a diff- I've swam in a different stream, right? Like we've, we had minimums of in the, you know, in the, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year is what we are looking for, for a client, right. you know? So, right. so you, you'd need to put the time in for that. If you're looking for a thousand or $2,000 a month and it's a more discreet, like, like defined service, maybe that's there. Um, you touched upon something a little bit before that I wanted to, 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 to expand upon a little bit. And that is limiting beliefs around pricing. Like I, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're not sure that you can price that, um, there is a lot of limiting beliefs out there, no doubt about it. I've seen it everywhere. Um, I think some of them you can get over. Some of them are harder to get over. But um, that's one of the things that I see is people are like, they don't realize that they're undercharging because they don't have any kind of numbers behind it. So I think one of the, it's, it's really a numbers game as to why 
you can charge more or not. You're just not charging. You're just not separating out what you do and you're not taking an inventory of your time. And then when you're not taking inventory of your time and you're not distinguishing between stuff that only you can do and maybe stuff that other people can do. Yes. You, you can, you know, you're, you're, you're having an employee mentality instead of a business owner mentality, unfortunately. And so I don't think the answer is clear cut, just raise your prices. But I think that if you do block out everything you do and you want to be profitable, the answer is almost always raise your prices. Um, but it's not like, I don't, I just don't like the generic advice of raise your prices. I like the generic advice or I like the, the specific advice is map out what you do. Are you profitable in doing that? And then if you're not profitable, build profit in, which in return, the result is to raise the prices. So I'm just curious if you feel the same way. Do you feel like people should just, do you think people should just raise their prices because you know they're undercharging or do you think that it should be more of a math equation as to what they should charge? Yeah, that's a good, great question. I think when it comes to pricing in particular, I guess, as it relates to proposals, um, we, we will, I, I love your idea of sort of breaking out because you see the value. But for me, it's like it, you're pricing what your value is, especially as the beginning, if you're a freelancer starting out. Um, and, and I, do, I do not agree, like you, I don't agree with like, oh, we should just double your rates because that's the easiest way to make more money because it is it is sort of like a brute force technique, right? Um, and I think when it comes to some of that stuff, there's a little more scalpel, less sledgehammer is important. Um, so I think when it comes to pricing in particular, the way that we look at it is when we're, for, for me, raising rates is, is one way to do it. And to your earlier point, it's retention is the other way to do it. How can I keep the client longer? Because at the end of the day, the whole point of raising rates is to have more revenue coming in and keeping it consistent. And for us, there is this spike in work where, to be honest, the first 90 days, even them paying the price that we asked them to pay, which is a higher ticket price point, we might still not be profitable at mm -hmm. the end of 90 days. But that's not the bet. The bet is we're going to, and we do this in our proposals, right? We will propose the fact that we are entering in this agreement with the intention that this is a long-term retainer. Yes, we have this little 90 days where we're going to prove ourselves. But after that, you're agreeing that we're going to continue on you know, at this yeah. certain rate. And what the bet is for us, where, where our profit is, isn't in day zero or even day 90 sometimes. The profit is the retention that comes down. We put all this front end work, then we're maintaining everything else and the profit comes later. So yeah. that every month that we keep them as an additional you know, retention, that's mostly profit. The next month after that, that profit goes up a little bit more because there's less to maintain. And at a certain point, that obviously, you know, tail yeah. out. But that's sort of how we think about the profit as it, as, it, as it comes to proposals and why I think proposals are important. Because if we didn't mention and reinforce, hey, this is, we're, we're expecting this to be a long-term relationship. I mean, we've had clients for nine years. You know what I mean? Like they go on for years and years. That's what we expect. We were, we're all partners working around the round table, helping the client, right next to the client, helping them solve their issues. And we're part of their team you know, at a certain point, that's, that's sort of the expectation. So if that's not set by the proposal or at least reinforced by the proposal, then we do have that problem of, you know, Oh, you know, I thought this was a project and I'm done. And then they're disappointed because, you know, it wasn't everything we said. Well, of course not. Cause it was 90 days, not years and years. And you can't compare the results we get for a client working with seven years and where they are now and expect that you're going to get that in 90 days. Right. So that's why it's important to put that stuff in the proposal too, just to kind of bring it back to that. Yeah. Well put. I mean, that's, that's definitely how I, yeah. If you, if you optimize for long-term relationships, that's, that's the way to go. That is a lot of where the profit comes from. That is a lot, a lot of where the satisfaction comes. And yeah, I, I don't know why somebody would try to trick somebody into buying to get that first month or two salary Not or that worth first it. month or two. 
when you that's your least profitable months <laughs> you yeah. touched on it like those are by far the least profitable months um people don't really want to pay a setup fee um and so if people you know you could do a proposal with a setup fee to say hey if it's five grand to get set up and then it's down to two grand a month after that um or you can say it's three thousand dollars a month forever <laughs> and we expect a, 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 a hundred a 12 month commitment do the math 5k once plus 2k a month is 27k and yeah and and um and you know 3k a month is 36k that's nine thousand dollars more and the person doesn't scoff at a setup fee so exactly right yeah so I i think those are some really good points and i think we're we're right on track with proposals so let me do you have any finishing thoughts or final thoughts around proposals even after this like what what have you learned anything today or anything that you wanted to to get across I think mostly just, you know, I, I think it's, it's strategy versus tactic, um, making sure that you're not outsourcing all of that process to a tool, because if that tool is doing the process, you're not building muscle. And I think that is important, especially in the beginning, you got to understand your value. You want to be able to see what it is. You want to be able to ask for the rates that you want to ask with a straight face and with that core belief, because you're going to close more if, when you have that true confidence, not this faked hype confidence, but a true confidence uh, in what your services are. So for me, it's always like, don't, and similar to you, like don't rely on the tool to fulfill your strategy. It's always strategy first. Yeah. And I would, I would conclude, but just by saying that proposals are a very small step in the process. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a pitch, there's a proposal, there's a contract. You don't know, some people don't even formally go to contract, but a proposal is just restating what has already been sold and putting a value to it. And so keep it in that area as much as you possibly can and, and realize that it's a very small, but very important step. It's oftentimes, it's, it's, it's oftentimes the biggest killer of profit and the biggest killer of satisfaction. People love selling. There are professional closers out there. There are people who love that thrill of selling and talking and finding and, and uncovering that needle in a haystack. Um, there are lawyers for the contract. The proposal part is sort of something where it's on you to not hurt yourself and to not hurt that relationship and to push that relationship forward. So um, it's one of the few places where you're sort of alone. And um, because of that aloneness and because people don't really talk about this that often or separate it out, uh, it's it's usually where somebody goes to hurt themselves or hurt their business, right? So, um, yeah. So I think that's a a really good good topic that we talked about here. Proposals. I know we sort of got a little bit into pricing. We got into a few other areas here. I see that uh, Mercer and I are sort of adding ideas for future episodes. I'd love to do one on just on pricing because I think we both have some ideas on that. And so I think we're at a good point to to close this one out. And so thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Business Unfiltered. And we'll see you on our next episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest. <laughs>